0: This podcast is a part of the Carbon Almanac Network of Podcasts.
1: Welcome to the Carbon Connection Podcast. It's not too late to change the conversation about climate change from doom and gloom to a conversation about possibility. This podcast is a curated selection of episodes that we just had to share with you. The Carbon Connection is about the many dimensions of climate change and the conversations people are having across the globe. It's about hope, community, advocacy, science, and changing our future.
0: Hi, this is Lori, a member of the Carbon Almanac Collective. I'm excited to introduce you to this episode on Changing the Dairy Paradigm. The podcast you are about to hear is an interview between Ryan Flav, the host of Climate Changers, and Adrian Boda, the founder of Origin Milk. What makes Origin Milk unique is that they are the first regenerative organic certified product to hit the market. If you're wondering what it means to be certified as regenerative organic, this podcast is for you. They're looking at the living ecosystem and how all the parts work together to keep the perfect balance of that ecosystem. There are three pillars that you will learn about, including soil health, animal care, and justice for farmers. The goal is to protect everyone in the living ecosystem, from the farmers to consumers to the animals and the land. There's so much to learn, and it's explained simply in this conversation. While the focus here is around the dairy business, regenerative agriculture is being applied to other industries, such as sugar, cacao, cranberries, and coconut oil. Through Origin Milk, Adrian has built ties and partnerships across industries. Businesses are coming together to work on innovations that maintain the perfect ecological balance. I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did.
2: Hey, it's Flaves, and this is Climate Changers, a podcast where we celebrate the heroes who are on the front lines of creating a new and sustainable resource and energy economy. Today, my guest is Adrian Boda, founder of Origin Milk. Hi, Adrian. Welcome to the show.
3: Hey, Brian. Thanks for having me.
2: So we've been doing a deep dive into regenerative agriculture on the show lately. What does regeneration mean to you?
3: Regeneration to me is all about a living ecosystem. So when we think about it at origin, we think about the actual living components of this ecosystem and the way that it all works together. And the way to start or to think about regeneration is to think about what we've done wrong. And what we've done wrong is we've replaced what nature does really, really well, naturally in out in the wild. And then we've come in and we've said, let's innovate on top of this. In, in quotations, I say innovate. Let's scale this up. Let's make it bigger, better, badder. And sadly, what that that's done is that has only wreaked havoc on on humans and our biology as well as the planet. As is so evident. And so regeneration to us is taking a step back and saying the way we fix this, the way we heal the planet, the way we heal our soil and build it up from there to the other things that we're planting or to the animals we're taking care of etc the way we heal it is not by throwing some of these components out it's not getting rid of animal protein for instance it's by making sure that those things are put back into balance because if you take one of those living ecosystem components out you're never going to fix it there's nothing else you can replace it with nature knows 100% what's the right thing to do And so if we take any of those things out, it's going to be bad. We're not going to heal. So regenerative agriculture to us is restoring that perfect balance of the living components of the ecosystem back in their rightful place. And I should say that people come at this from very different perspectives. Some come at it from nature and mother earth. Some come at it from uh, the creator or God, uh, et cetera, fill in the blank. But it does come back to this idea of how was it intended to be? And where have we messed it up for our own purposes? And regenerative agriculture comes back to restoring that balance. And that's what's key for us.
2: And what inspires you to take action on climate change?
3: When it comes to climate change, again, I look at the whole ecosystem. And if we're just trying to to solve for climate change, even that in and of itself, while such a huge endeavor is almost somewhat narrow minded in that, you know, what we're doing in the dairy world will not necessarily just help solve that but the implications for, again, the larger ecosystem for things like soil health that absolutely lead to a positive impact towards solving climate change, but a positive impact towards biodiversity, for instance, in the soil diversity or biodiversity of the heritage dairy breeds that we're using or the benefit to human nutrition, etc. We look at it very holistically and it just so happens, I guess I could say in quotations, that climate change is one of those things that we can impact positively through the efforts that we're undertaking. And why did you choose milk? Milk happens to be at the core of nutrition uh, in so many of the countries around the world. And uh, many years ago, it was decided that milk was going to be the delivery mechanism for protein, for instance. And and that actually, that decision and that catalyst with government and industry working together is what led to the downfall of the dairy industry and the commoditization of conventional dairy products. And so we looked at that and said we can go alternative milks for instance if we're really interested in nutrition or we can take this thing of this legacy dairy industry that has become a very dirty thing both for the planet, a negative thing for humans and also just politically rife with so much lobbying and just not good things that we said let's take this and instead of just throwing it out let's change the paradigm, let's turn the model upside down and let's take it back in time to when the dairy industry was good and was helping consumers and giving them very good solid nutritious products was good for the planet because using large ruminant animals to restore and heal the earth is something that actually works. When farmers we're getting a fair wage for the products they were putting it out. So pricing justice and social fairness issues for our farmers has been one of our key pillars since day one. And so we looked at this dirty legacy industry that was doing everything wrong. And we asked the question, how can we change the paradigm and do it right? And so we looked at that as a, a worthwhile challenge that keeping the end in mind, delivering premium nutrition to our friends and neighbors, the only way we get there is to undertake this industry and try to do it better. And that's That's how we got to it.
2: And you mentioned earlier that you have heritage breeds. What makes your cows different?
3: Heritage breeds are breeds of cows that have not been modified for modern production. So in America today, around 96 to 98% of all dairy products come from the black and white Holstein breed of cows from Northern Europe. And that is a breed that over many years has been tweaked and modified and mixed bred and et cetera to give us peak production, and so very efficient production of milk through those cows, a large amount of milk, 8, 10, uh, as much as 18 gallons of milk per day from Holstein cows and again, they've been modified, they've been turned from cows into factories. And so what we do is we look at the very few heritage breeds left, and we lead with the Guernsey breed, which just happens to be the highest quality producing breed of any in the world today. And the Guernsey breed produces a lot less milk, it has not been modified for production produce about three, three and a half gallons of milk per day. And that milk is just more rich and wholesome and concentrated. It's golden in color, it's got 35% more vitamin A and D 35% more fat, 15, to 18% more protein, three times the omega-3. On down the road, it is literally the most nutritious milk of any dairy breed, period. And it has just an amazing flavor. We know that in the food world with fat comes flavor and that healthy good fat for you also means additional flavor. It's also genetically the same as human milk. So the A2 genetics and the vast majority of black and white Holstein cows and many other cows have mutated to the A1 milk protein, which is at the root of many of the real symptoms of lactose intolerance and and dairy allergies. And so the heritage breeds essentially give us everything we want. And it's the the story is this, if you leave it alone, if you leave nature alone, if you leave creation alone, you will have better tasting, more nutritious, better for you genetically and better for the planet, more sustainable production of fill in the blank, because heritage breeds of cows are also more efficient grazers. So they require 20 to 30% less food and water. So grass and water for the same butterfat output as other breeds. So more efficient use of resources on the front end. We're literally conserving water and land because they don't need as much to produce the same unit output. And on the back end, fewer methane emissions um, because they're more efficient in the production in their four stomach chambers.
2: And you're one of the first companies to really embrace the Regenerative Organic Certification or ROC from the Regenerative Organic Alliance. Why is that?
3: We love everything that the Regenerative Organic Alliance is working on, and we partner with the folks such as Dr. Bronner's and Patagonia and Rodale, etc., to not only bring products to market, but to further expand this movement. We really feel like we're helping to lead uh, this ethos around regenerative and a movement where people start to care a lot about regenerative agriculture. The key, though, for us, and it should be the key for consumers and for anyone listening, is that... Sadly, the word regenerative is already being used in ways that it wasn't intended to be used. So uh, for example, PepsiCo announced a week and a half ago that they're going to be regenerative by 2030. And they haven't announced what the framework really is. So are they going to be ROC, Regenerative Organic Certified? So a Third party auditor and certifier, or are they just going to come up with their own definition of what regenerative means? And we've seen that already many brands are using the word regenerative on their packaging, and yet there is no third party certifier or stamp that has come in to validate what they're doing. And so my fear is that the word regenerative becomes like the word all natural, which essentially means nothing these days. And so why we are really a fan of ROC, Regenerative Organic Certified, is that it is a framework that has been built and guidelines that have been built over almost a dozen years by very credible partners that care both and know both the science uh, and the farming side of things. And we think that the best thing for all brands and what we want from consumers, what we'd like is for them to look at brands that are using regenerative and ask the question, great, but what does that actually mean? And what third party uh, validator and certifier has really come behind you to give you chops to say, yes, you are indeed doing these things. So we're a huge fan of regenerative practices in general, but we're even greater fans of third parties that can come and validate that so that when a consumer sees regenerative or ROC, they understand that that's a very strict and rigid set of guidelines that we as brands have gone through delivering exactly what we're saying we deliver on. And ROA, Regenerative Organic Alliance, has prescribed three main pillars that they focus on. First is soil health. And that's incredibly important because if we don't have the soil, we lose everything else. Second is animal care in our case, because we're dealing with animals. And so the highest standards for animal care anywhere in the world. And third, it's pricing justice and social fairness issues for farmers, which in dairy is an incredibly important component that was left out by USDA organic and others. And so we completely are on board for all three of those and more. And we think that that's the way you bring a paradigm shift in agriculture and dairy in fill in the blank by having standards that are well thought out, that are very strict and rigid, and that then on the back end can assure a consumer that we are taking optimal care of the land, the animals, the farmers, and everyone else in that living ecosystem that I I mentioned earlier. And that's what's so great about ROA and ROC, is that we can live within these guidelines and give consumers confidence in knowing that what we're doing has been validated and verified, and this is the best for farmers, for consumers, for animals, for the land.
2: And I agree with you. One of the biggest challenges we face is greenwashing and people co-opting the regenerative movement just for profit without actually walking the walk. So I appreciate you doing it. And you have some projects even outside the U.S., as I understand. Can you talk about those?
3: Indeed. So we're constantly building, again, that living ecosystem of amazing farmers around the world, be they in Europe and Eastern Europe, where I hail from where I was born and raised, or in parts of Africa, in parts of South America, South and Central America, where we partner with regenerative, organic, certified, and regenerative-minded folks that are in the certification process, literally getting certifiers flying from the U.S. into different parts of the world to certify these farms that are producing ROC sugar, or cacao for our chocolate milk, or for a protein bar, or cranberries, or cashews, or almonds, or a big collaboration that we have going on in Sri Lanka with regenerative organic certified coconut oil for some of our nutrition products and on down the line. And What's been incredibly exciting is uh, that there are so many folks in this ecosystem that care so much about what what we're doing and, and working in community to build it together, that it's really helped us to not only bring value as a brand, but connect with people around the world that care so much about sourcing ROC ingredients and that are looking for a brand like ours that will pay them a premium and consumers that will then also pay a premium on the back end for these products. So our collaborations have been awesome. It's been encouraging to see how farmers around the world are taking on this message, and that they want to see this implemented. And so I'm thinking of guys like Giro Le- a lesson from Dr. Bronner's and others that are fighting on the front lines of helping to establish these living components of the ecosystem around the world. And it's been incredibly exciting to partner with folks and bring products then to market here in the US or in other parts of the world.
2: So you've built a really unique and powerful ecosystem of partners. Can you talk a little bit about that ecosystem?
3: Absolutely. So the thing that I want to say first and foremost is that we could never do it on our own and what's amazing about the regenerative community is that we are building this very strong these very strong ties and it really is an ethos and movement led community of folks coming together and partnering to bring things to fruition and to positive ends. And so what I love is that we're not doing this uh, on our own and we're doing it with Phil Taylor and Tanner and their group at Madag and Boulder. We're doing it with partners uh, and folks at Rodale Institute or PASA in Pennsylvania. There are folks that on the commercial side, like Darcy Landis at Whole Foods, is a who's a regional forager for the Colorado and Greater Colorado Rocky Mountain region. And without her, we couldn't connect with consumers. And she cares deeply about farmers, about regenerative agriculture, about soil health, etc. And so we are incredibly blessed to be working with other human beings who care deeply about consumers, about animal care and biodiversity, about soil health, about what is happening in our food system. And we come together to implement a new paradigm across the board in agriculture. And this is having ripple effects for human biology, for nutrition, for the planet on down the road. And it's just awesome to work in that community together. And I want to give a shout out to all our partners because they absolutely deserve it. And we couldn't do anything without them. And I encourage others who want to get involved in regenerative agriculture, reach out to some of these partners and build community where you are because we together can make an incredibly positive impact for the planet and uh, for humans.
2: And with your involvement in so many diverse regenerative projects, what makes you most optimistic about our regenerative
3: future? Great question. That's probably a a twofold answer. It's one, the fact that consumers are really caring more and more about this. And you've got to start with the end in mind. And you've got to bring something to market that yes, it leads the way and is a bit innovative, and consumers perhaps don't know so much about, but it's something that they want to adopt. And, and they care about. So being ethos-driven, being movement-driven, being story-led is really important because that really connects with consumers and consumers are willing to pay for that. And they're not paying extra because anyone's getting rich quick by any means. They're paying extra for something that is done the right way and is priced the right way because we're so used to, especially in America with food, underpaying for food because that tends to be a loss leader in grocery stores or in other contexts. And so one, it's consumers and making sure that We are connecting with consumers and sharing that story and that message with consumers in a direct and transparent way. And second, it's the fact that so many farmers themselves are seeing that chemicals spraying their fields and doing things that are not what nature prescribed in in their production is really something that they themselves don't want anymore. I can't tell you how many farmers I talk to that are conventional farmers that are just saying, you know what, I don't want to feed my family this anymore, Never mind. Customers. So help me go organic. And so we get our folks and our partners from Rodale Institute to come on board and help them transition to organic over one, two, three, however many years it takes for them. And it's so many farmers realizing that what they've been doing and what they've been told to do by nutritionists or by chemical companies, by fertilizers, et cetera, many, many of those farmers that even five, six, seven years ago weren't there are now there. And they're saying, I don't want to do this for my family. Why would I want to do this for my friends and neighbors? And so it's the confluence of these two components that I think are absolutely driving the future of regenerative and gives me a lot of confidence to look down one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, and to see a paradigm shift in ag all across the board.
2: Adrian, thank you for rethinking the role milk can play in our diet and on climate. And thank you for joining this episode of Climate Changers.
3: I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
2: Every episode of Climate Changers has a call to action posted in the show notes. Each call to action has been curated to make it easy for you to help create the changes that we discussed today. Thank you for joining Climate Changers. Until next time.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carbon Connection, a rebroadcast of the Climate Changers podcast. We'd like to thank Ryan Flave of Climate Changers for letting us share this episode with you. Today's episode was produced by Bridget Kutzel, alongside Lori Sullivan, Leaky Tang, and Anna Constantino. Special thanks to Lori Sullivan for sharing this episode with us. Our editor is Tanya Marion, and our founding producer is Jennifer Myers-Schwa. To explore all resources associated with The Carbon Almanac, like the kid's book, educator's guide, and photo book, visit thecarbonalmanac.org.